guys. Welcome to the Lane Foundations podcast. This is your co-host, Davis Hambrick. Joining alongside me today is Walker Lott. What's up, Walker? Hey, Davis. What's going on today, man? Not too much. What's up with you, buddy? Dude, chilling. Been apartment shopping today over in Atlanta. So that's been, that has been the ordeal, dude. Just driving back and forth trying to find some. I think I, I, think I found some. Uh, so just pray for me on that one. But man, today's conversation with Brian was, was really cool. Uh, you know, Brian O'Neill is the executive director of Third Lens Ministries. Uh, and Third Lens is a not-for-profit ministry who do an, an incredible job uh, with really just aiding contractors overseas, churches overseas, and building structures because they found that the main problem that a lot of uh, a missions work has is the people that are over there mean so well and they have such a heart for it, but they lack in the knowledge of how to actually do an entire process of building. And for those listening who are in construction, you know very well that start to finish a construction project is a whole lot harder than most people in the world think who have never done construction whatsoever. I mean, it, it, there are so many hours and pre-planning and planning and, and actual construction and post-construction work involved that many, most people don't realize. And so a church uh, or some sort of organi- organization similar trying to take uh, a, their work overseas, trying to build something for a community you know, in need, don't just don't have the knowledge or experience. So Third Lens steps in and to cover that, you know, they, they know what to do. They've dealt with, with overseas work before. They know the community, community. they know the people there, and they know how to build. And so Third Lens will partner with churches to do that. And, and Davis, you know better than I do. You actually interned with them and worked for them uh, for a while, so you know them pretty well. But explain a little bit more just who, who Brian and who Third Lens is. Yeah, man, I appreciate that. Brian, man, like I said, uh, whoever thinks that nonprofits don't work, work hard – I'll just go on record and tell you about Brian O'Neill and Third mm-hmm. Lens. Um, my time there uh, was a very crucial part in my life. Like, you know, Brian kind of opened up and talked about uh, what he did and how in college is when it's kind of a rocky road and trying to get your life back to Christ. Third Lens was part of that for me. Um, Third Lens was a place where I could get involved and serve and get to know about construction, get to yeah. have good relationships. But really what I was doing was getting to get back into – uh, getting to see people that that loved God, that loved Jesus, and were were there for me. But what Third Lens does, you know, it's where construction and design intersects with ministry. And I love that because there's not just one thing like we like we talk about in the podcast. There's not just one thing that you do in construction. There's this plethora of stuff. And think about this for a ministry partner or whomever, someone that's just trying to impact the world. They're trying to do better. They don't have the expertise to, to go all the way from an idea to post-construction, like the amount of time and effort and money, like you said, time, talent, treasure that goes into just one project is, is crazy. So like you said, Third Lens comes in, they step in, and I got to be involved as an intern, so I was volunteering my time. And if you're a young person, if you're in high school, if you're in college and you're thinking about construction, I would uh, I would look at our show notes after the podcast because we're going to put their information in there. And if you want to reach out and get involved, Brian O'Neill and the team would love to have you. But um, it's a good way to just be able to go, okay, I got five or six extra hours. I'm going to be a good student of my time. I'm going to go serve. I'm going to go learn uh, about construction, this, this idea that I might want to be in. I'm going to go um, learn and sit in on this meeting, get to have great relationships with people that – um, that are wanting to, to impact our king, impact the kingdom for God. So, um, 
I don't know if I really answered your question there, but Third Lens is just a great. a great ministry that I got to be a part of. I firmly believe in everything that they do. Um, just a, a big fan of them. Obviously, I'm, I'm hugely biased. I'm not. I'm gonna go ahead and go ahead and go on record for that. But man, they're just making an impact. And as long as Brian Helm um, is under the will of God and wanting to to be to be uh, the helm of the ship, man, they're going to be going in, in the right direction. And I, I'm just proud of them. I love it, man. Could, you could have said it better. Sir, I could have said it better myself. I think that was perfect. So, guys, we'll, we will let you listen to it, and I can't wait for you to get to hear a little bit from Brian. So, without further ado, Brian O'Neill. Brian, welcome to the show, man. We're really excited to have you here. Uh, we really appreciate you coming on today and getting to share a little bit about your story and who you are and what you do. But just to start out with, uh, show us who you are, what do you do, and how did you get into construction? Thanks, Walker. Uh, first, just honored and, and grateful to, to spend some time with you and, and Davis and kind of continue this relationship after uh, the work we did together at Auburn. Um, my name is Brian O'Neill, and I'm uh, executive director of Third Lens Ministries based in Atlanta. Uh, I physically live in Auburn, Alabama with my beautiful wife, Caroline, and our four children. Um yeah, so uh, Third Lens is a construction and design ministry. Uh, we got started 12 years ago um, to uh, to kind of help uh, global missions uh, by uh, engaging the AEC community and volunteerism. Um, my story with construction is is actually kind of uh, a winding tale because uh, I, I have a uh, international business degree. I was in banking. Um, you know, my dad wasn't a builder. I was, uh, I'd been around it, done some mission trips uh, related to construction. Um, but uh, one fateful evening in 2009, I got a, a text from a, a college friend of mine, fraternity brother, um, who was a general contractor. And he said, Hey, I, I see you going on these trips on this new thing that was called Facebook that uh, was just kind of coming out. And uh, he was like, I, 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 I kind of knew he was uh, through the, the recession, um, was going through a lot of life change. And, um, you know, he, he said, Hey, I got an idea. I'd love to, to grab coffee. You're going to be in Atlanta anytime soon. And it just so happened I was going to be there in the next week. That's kind of how, you know, uh, uh, God works. And, um, yeah, we sat down and had coffee and, and talked about, you know, missions and, and doing construction work. And, um, he had just had vision of how to engage, uh, professionals that were, you know, either project managers working for general contractors architects, engineers, real estate professionals to help with these uh, missions projects that we were all individually working on, whether it was in our backyard or, or halfway around the world. And ultimately, you know, in that process, we came up with the, the model for Third Lens, which was, you know, uh, we would be the quarterback or, or the technical term being a program manager. And then we would come alongside world changing organizations, whether they're running, you know, a, a school in Haiti or um, a children's home in uh, in Kenya or, you know, uh, fighting human trafficking in our backyard. And um, and then we would be a resource to them to connect them to the industry professionals who could volunteer on the projects. But we would take on that burden, that challenge of overseeing a construction project on their behalf because, you know, founder of, the, of these types of, of nonprofit faith-based ministries you know, they have a construction background. They've never, you know, they might've built a house and, and, you know, we all know that building a house can, can be a make or break for a marriage. Um, but we found that, you know, that amidst all the responsibilities of running a nonprofit, they were, you know, being burdened with 
the immense pressure of the day-to-day of, you know, making sure, you know, the contractor was showing up, making sure that the draw requests were getting done. And so we said, hey, let's take that on. We do this every day for a living. And um, let's see if we can help further, um, you know, the the impact of your organization by creating this built environment. Let's design it really well. Let's budget for it. Let's hire the right contractor and then let's manage. And, and, you know, that's all that's pre-construction. That you haven't even broken ground, and then you know managing the boulder down right. the backside of the hill. Um, and so, as 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 my my friend was um, you know sharing with me uh, his vision, and we were kind of chatting about it. That's from there we said, yeah, I I was looking for opportunities to to serve. Um, I thought at that point in my career, I was a banker. I was highly successful. I um, I just gotten awarded like top fifty banker, and the company was going on this all expense ten day. Wow. Caribbean cruise with uh, the bank I was working for. There was 50 of us and then 750 international bankers all in one boat. We had the entire boat to ourselves. And, but amidst all the success I was having, even in a recession, I was totally unfulfilled um, by, by that. And so, yeah, yeah, we, we kicked third lens off and, um, and really just uh, since then been trying to figure it out every day um, for the first six to seven years, it was just a volunteer avenue for some guys who just loved doing this type of stuff and wanted to give of our time, talent, and treasure. And then um, in 2016, the opportunity presented itself to step into a full-time leadership role as the executive director and try to scale it. Um, We went from doing about two or three projects a year to now. Um, I was just looking at our pipeline. We've got 40 some odd, 43, I think, active projects, almost a, almost you know, $50 million in development costs. Mm. Um, we'll probably have six to $700,000 of design services donated um, to our projects this year alone. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a fun ride. Um, but thanks for the opportunity to kind of share our story and the, the work we're doing. Well, yeah. Thank you. I, I appreciate you being willing to share and um, just to speak on third lens for a moment, I'm pretty biased that, you know, I got to learn a lot from you and get to have a great time learning, but you know, I got to see it grow just in the two or three years I was there from now, like you said, 50 minutes, we weren't even doing that while I was there, like the capacity and the scalability that you guys have done the past few years, it's unbelievable. And I know for you, you just been busy, busy, like crazy, but let's go back. You know, I love to hear more about your story. Um, Walker, I think you're kind of in that similar phase. I love the story about you mentioning you just went and got coffee with your fraternity brother. And obviously God was in that because just like me and Walker, how we started, we just went and got something to eat. And then all of a sudden we're we're starting this and learning every day, but going to your story, talk a little bit about uh, maybe your faith. If you're willing, willing, Uh, what was it like going to Auburn and going from finance to finally going into, you know, these different mission trips? Was it just something that you did your whole life or was there a, a moment in your life that, okay, I'm going to do something different? What was that like? Yeah. So uh, my, my faith journey is, is, is a, is, is a rocky path. Um, I came to faith uh, kind of by myself at a, a youth retreat in high school. Uh, my freshman year was rough. You know, a lot of the value I placed in, um, uh, my personal worth and identity had to do with, uh, of all things, making a sports team. And I know that's a common story for a lot of people. And um, I had uh, I had one of those. Uh, I'd made the 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 ninth grade basketball team, but I was I was in love with golf. And um, I go to the tryout, and I'm I'm in like the last spot going in the last day, and just completely 
I think it snowed on a couple holes. That was a, you know, but that wasn't it. I mean, I buckled under pressure. I shot a 102. I mean, just completely, you know, flubbed it. And, um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I got, I got to that point where, you know, after, at the end of my freshman year, um, not making the golf team, I was just, I was in the dumps. I was, um, really struggling with, um, you know, that, that being my identity, I wasn't popular. I didn't have a girlfriend. Um, I'd been, thankfully I'd been going, going to church on my own, my, our family at the time, uh, what weren't regular attenders. Um, and in junior high, the local Methodist church, Auburn United Methodist church, they would open their youth center after school. So I'd walk there cause my parents worked and I, I normally walked home anyway, cause I live pretty close. And, um, yeah, so I go there every afternoon and, and Greg McKinnon, you know, just poured into us as, as much as we can. He was the youth pastor. There was great college student, you know, leaders, and um, that was a safe haven. So as God w- was stirring my heart and the Holy Spirit was 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 working on, um, you know, the, the change in my life, um, there was a moment um, after uh, kind of a, a, a winter retreat that um, God and I just had that, that, hey, like, let's go. And um, and so, yeah, throughout high school, was very active in, um, in FCA, um, and, uh, in, in my junior high school, um, the AUMC, my home church at the time, um, they had a youth trip to Venezuela. They took 40 some odd kids, um, to, uh, to go work in a, in a missions camp that was reaching people and, uh, had the opportunity to be on the construction team, as well as we did a little basketball team that played and did some evangelism. And, um, on that trip, God broke my heart in all the right ways. Um, just for, just for, you know, uh, the, the, you know, reaching the world for the gospel, uh, on top of, you know, really thinking through, uh, I had the opportunity to travel a lot as a, as a youth, you know, how do I, how do I take this love for travel and my desire to share the gospel and do good works? How did that all mash up? And that came together on that trip. I, I went again after my senior year of high school, actually was the construction team leader, um, and met um, on that trip uh, a mentor of mine, Howard Porter, um, on that trip, and he was the the adult leader, and got to kind of see a lot of things behind the scenes. Got to go to some meetings and places that the rest of the team wasn't able to. And so um, the following year, um, I almost went back for the entire summer, um, but there was some instability uh, in the country with uh, uh, Chavez taking over president. It was the second wow. year, and they were basically converting to. To, to socialism. Um, and so right. God closed that door. Um, college was, was, um, was rough from the standpoint of, you know, was chasing all the wrong things. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if you had met me in those years, you would not have said Brian was a Christian. Um, even though um, somehow I was one of like five or six guys in our fraternities Bible study. Um, I think that was just a, to keep us somewhat in, in the lukewarm phase, but by the grace of God after college, um, got plugged into a local church, small group based, um, it was uh, it was really built off of uh, the North Point model uh, at the time, which small groups were kind of a new revolutionary thing. Um, right. You know, we, we went to a church that didn't have small, uh, that didn't have a Sunday school and met in a temporary building. Um, but, yeah, the uh, the neat part was is that Matt Hawkins, the pastor of the church, former Auburn football player, um, you know, he we got connected. We got to be brothers really quickly. Um, he discipled me again. Um, but we went through the, the navigators, uh, design, design for discipleship curriculum. And, um, and, and one of the first things I did as an active member of the church, Matt had heard, I'd been on mission trips. He's like, Hey, I need somebody to go with me 
to Guatemala with these kids from the, the BCM. Um, they're looking for an extra leader, you know, we'll pay for it. You know, you want to go. And I was like, yes, yes, I'm, I'm back on board. And so, so since then, um, you know, I, I was in banking and, you know, bankers are off. I think I had 22 PTO days. Wow. And then the bank is closed like another 17 days or something crazy for, for federal holidays. So I'm sitting there going, man, I got to burn three days a month just to not lose PTO at the end of the year. And so what I would do is I, I, you know, I took, you know, this 20 something or actually 30 some days and I, I built in one to two weeks of my vacation PTO time that I was tithing towards either working on local ministry serve projects or going on a mission trip. That's awesome. And that's, that was what catalyzed, you know, starting to look at it for a while. I thought I was going to go into youth ministry, but then when the third lens opportunity came about, I was like, all right, faith, you know, professionally, I was doing a lot of real estate related lending and loved that part. I didn't know as much about construction, but I knew the mechanisms of the finance side of Mm -hmm. a project. And then, you know, this just calling to serve, um, it all kind of came together in in, uh, in in a perfect storm. Yeah, Brian, sorry, welcome my butt in, dude. That's awesome. Good, I haven't, haven't heard this side, and you know, I thought I knew you pretty well, so I love to get to hear that. But one of the things that I wrote down was one talking about your identity. Uh, I mean, I, I think it's a good point to mention because you know we're all in different places in life, and some people, you know. I don't know many of them, but there's some people that follow the Lord the whole life and thank the Lord for that. But there's some people like, like it sounds like Brian O'Neill and Davis Hamrick that had a rocky start and chasing the wrong things at some point. But we came back to, to Christ and found that our identity is rooted in Christ. And I love how you talked about, you know, you went to the, the other side of that of, okay, I, I'm having all these days off. I know me a few years ago, I wouldn't have thought of even thinking I'm going to be a good steward of my time and go volunteer. Like, I love mm-hmm. that. And I know you, you don't idle well. You just go, go, go. I need to get more of it. And so I can see you just wanting to get after it. So I love that. But then the other thing I loved about your story was I can relate to it because in high school, I went on mission trips and that's what got me involved in construction. And so I love to hear your story. That's how, you know, I tell Walker all the time, getting to hear our guest story is the best part because I get to relate and understand more about you guys. So I appreciate you being willing to share and Walker, I'll let you take over. Yeah, no, I, all I was going to say, man, I, I think it's really cool how the Lord works in ways like that because I've seen it in my life, but especially for you, you know, I kind of see this in high school, you, you get to experience the mission side of things a little bit. And that's kind of the first seed that was planted in your heart for that, you know, but it wasn't until a lot later that it really started sprouting. Lord's like, I, I showed you a long time. How many years was it before you, between when you went on your missions trip and when you started working for Third Lens? Yeah, that would have been the summer '98, and then you know, 2009, 2010. Okay, when we kind of so got like things started. So there's a decade. Twelve years. Yeah, yeah 10, 11, 12 years. So that's cool because I mean that's crazy, and I don't know in my life and, and probably a ton of people who are listening here uh, who love Jesus that there's a lot of things that happen a whole lot earlier in your life that you don't you kind of you kind of write off as is significant, right? You don't really think about it anymore. You're like, yeah, that was really cool. I like doing that. And I, and I, and I felt fulfillment in that, but then you forget about it, you know, so five, 10, 12 years pass. And now the Lord's calling you like, Hey, remember what you did way back when? now I want you to do that full time. And I know, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that probably wasn't something you really were thinking about at all. The years as you were a banker and, and going forward, like you, you didn't think about, 
man, I'm going to do that full time when I, you know, five, six, seven years ago when I did a mission trip, that, that's what I'm going to do. And so I, I just think that's such a really cool story. And the fact that you had the faith to, to just jump, you know, and, and most people don't do that. And I think that's a huge thing uh, as a follower of Jesus is that he's going to call you to do things and you just have to jump. I know for me personally, I told y'all earlier, I was apartment hunting today. And now I'm having to find the balance of, well, have to, have to, you know, pay for this and budget for that. And then there's a lot of other things. Now I can't do this and I can't do that, you know, because I'm coming from college, going to the real world and everything. And so that's something for me. I'm like, all right, Lord, you got me. I'm not, I don't need to worry about it. You know, as stressed as I get on certain things, like I know that at some point in my life, you're going to call me to something else that I didn't expect or something that I might've done 10 years ago. And now I'm going to be doing it full time, just like you. I don't I think that's crazy. How how was that for you when you when you really felt like I want to jump into missions full time? I mean, what was that? What was that feeling like for you? Yeah, that's a great question. So when um, I guess it was, you know, as as we were kind of getting it off the ground and we were working on our first project, um, we we started in 2010. Uh, our first project was uh, we were working with a partner. Um, They're based in uh, South Central Honduras in the Elantra province called Predison. Predison provided medical care, health care uh, to that entire region as a faith-based organization. The government was outsourcing it, and their, their, their base was in Atlanta. And we had got connected with them, and they had a need for a medical clinic in the middle of the, you know, the mountainous region. Um, and so, you know, as, as I'm kind of running point on some operational things, um, while others are working on design and construction, you know, we, I, I just had this overwhelming experience of, man, we're, we're doing something really cool. We're getting a bunch of our buddies, our contemporaries, yeah. kind of like you, you, you and Davis. I mean, I think back, we we're, we're, you know, pushing 30 at the time, but it was like, man, we're, we're making this happen with like mostly college buddies. And, and most of those were fraternity brothers. So it's like, we're doing it as a band of brothers and over the course of that year, you know, we get it designed and, and uh, an Atlanta based architect did the conceptual design, a Honduran architect, you know, did the, the construction drawings and, 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 and engineers did it in country. Um, we had a partnership with that community. We signed like this formal agreement where they agreed their sweat equity was going to be these blocks um, they would form out of river sand and cement that we had uh, shipped in and, and some wow. forms that we had bought locally. That was their sweat equity. Um, we hire a local contractor. So he's running a linear path to completion. At the time, we did send some teams um, to help out. We probably got more in the way than anything else. But, you know, we we uh, we were able to kind of, you know, go in. I was on the plumbing team. We did the rough plumb in. And right. so, you know, for rough plumb in, um, you know, what that looked like yeah, most, of that, most of that week. I mean, we spent, it was a better part of seven, almost eight days there in a row. I think my job was, is I had this big metal rod and my job was where they marked in the stem walls was to break a hole so they could run the PVC through that. Gee, because at the time that was, that was like one of our big first, first lessons, Teach the contractor how to Think install the <laughs> install the pipe before they pour, you know, the uh, the foundation. And so, yeah, I mean, just for like a week, I'm doing that. And wow. I mean, my arms are killing me. My back's killing me. Um, I mean, we didn't have any cell coverage. We had no entertainment. Um, we, we actually laid out on a guy's veranda 
Um, and then we get to, thankfully the last two days, um, I was able to kind of swap off and uh, was on a sander. Um, the front porch had these big 12 by 12. Um, uh, it was iron. They called it ironwood. Cause I mean, it's like iron solid, but I was, I sanded those posts. Uh, that was my last two days. And we get done, and 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 I want to talk about uh, you know sacred moments or poignant moments. On every trip I go on, there's a sacred or poignant moment when you know like we're 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 making this happen. It's it's all for. And so we get done, and that I mean that week we had eaten rice and beans the entire time. Uh, and when I say we ate rice and beans, we had rice, and our beans were the protein. Um, and so you know we're looking around, and there's a bunch of cattle farmers. And of course, I'm like the only guy that speaks Spanish. And, and the group's like, hey, Brian, go ask Donacia, who was the, the patron that we were staying at his house. We, I mean, his kids were like hanging out with us. They're little. Now they're probably like your age. And um, and so, yeah, we're sitting there. And so I go up, I ask Donacia, how much to buy that cow? And I mean, a, I mean, this isn't a skinny, like emaciated cow. This is like a thick, not a Brahma bull, but I mean, just a hog. Big old cow. And, yeah, it's a real cow. And his son had just like walked it in front of the house. And I'm like, how much can we buy a cow? And he goes, yeah, like $220. Wow. Dang. And I mean, I didn't even have to go back and negotiate with the That's team. Crazy. I walked back to the team and I'm like, come on. So yeah. we ended up giving him like 300 bucks as a love offering. And, uh, and, and yeah, it was, I mean, it was on like Donkey Kong. So they take the bull, they slaughter it. We go back and we ended up blocking up a, a grill in the school, the front in the yard, the schoolyard. Mm. And then we the the welder was on site because they were tack welding the trusses for the roof system. And so we're like, hey, bro, you know, let's tack weld a grate. And then we had them put an AU on the underside, which That's I'll send you a picture yeah. of that. That was that was I mean, that was the piece de resistance. And so, yeah, so then um, the, the ladies in the village are, um, you know, they're, they're cutting the meat up. Um, one of our, our board members at the time, he's actually in there helping. And um, and our translator, we didn't realize this, but he wasn't a believer. And so mm-hmm. through the process of cutting all that meat up, our board member shares what the blood of Christ is, and he gets saved right there. Oh, then awesome. we have all this meat, and it's in a cooler, and they've, they've mixed it in a sada uh, spices and we get out there and then we, we said, Hey, invite anybody. Cause we're gonna have so much to eat. We can't do anything with it. Well, th- we're cooking it on the grill. And then there's a line like hundreds of yards long. And we, so we're like, we're, we're going to run out of meat. There's no way there's not enough. I'm looking at it. But then we had a fish and loaves where by the time we, everybody got a plate and ate, there was like tons left over. And so, you know, we're, we're sitting out there and we had our last meal in the village with the family and, you know, Paul, our board member shares like, Oh, Hey, you know, our, our Javier, our, our translator, like this is what, it, this is what happened while you guys were out and about taking a hike. And I mean, you just sit there and you soak it all in and you go, dang, like we made this happen. That was pretty cool. So that was, that was, that was kind of my sacred moment was us sitting out eating steak, reflecting on a week's worth of hard work, everything that had gone into it. And then, um, you know, a couple of months later, I was, I was blessed to get invited to come back and commemorate the opening of the building. And um, yeah, those are, that's what it's all about. Yeah. I love that. I love the story again, that 
if we can, let's try to transition here. I hate to, to I hate to kind of do that, but you know, let's try to the I hate to be the guy that does that too, but I, I would love to sit here and talk about it. But let's talk a little bit about what you know about construction because again, I've said this to you before, but I haven't told Walker. Walker, Brian is one of the the, the best people at giving you two hours of information and condensing it in 30 minutes. And you're like, oh my gosh, I gotta go figure out how to take all of this. So love it. Let's talk about that's a good the, skill to have. It is. It's an amazing skill to have. And you can he's high functioning, but just gets after it. and I love his heart. But the, the thing that we talked about, Brian, beforehand was really what well, your expertise said is that finance side, is that owner and pre-construction side. Tell us a little bit about that because I know for me and Walker, uh, building science, it's all construction phase and we don't know a lot about the logistics. And then tell us about what you guys are doing at Third Lens with that. Yeah. So um professionally, um, you know, I've got the banking background, um, in my time working and volunteering and being on the board with third lens, I also worked in real estate development, which was a maturation from the finance side where, you know, I looked at acquiring properties, um, and that, so there was the, the real estate development side of, of my skills. And then there was working with a construction team of which, I was also a part manager of, and then, you know, on the sales side of, of, you know, liquidating the asset. So, you know, the same skills that, that I learned um, from banking to real estate development, and then into third lens, you know, I, I'm convinced that the better a project is planned for, the less likely it is to slide and to fall off and run into issues. Now, yeah. you guys know, I mean, you're, you've been in, you've graduated from building science, you're in construction, you know, that there, you know, if a project went exactly as it was supposed to, we'd, we'd all be out of jobs. There'd be no PMs, superintendents. I mean, if everybody showed up on time, right. did what they were supposed to do and did it for the, the price that they quoted you. I mean, we, again, well, What's that saying? If, sub, when, if when, subcontractors could manage their sales, then there'd be no need for a GC or something like that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so you know, in our process, uh, working with ministries, which is no different than working with an owner, um, and us being a, a program manager, um, it's about setting expectations with the owner. So, you know, you represent the owner. Um, uh, whether you're the GC, the CM, or, or, or the program manager. And so setting clear expectations of here's what's going to happen, and then walking them through the process. I'm, I'm, I'm totally committed to process-related um, activities, have a plan, work the plan. Right. And so, um, you know, our desire is, is to, on the front end, um, we, we call our pre, you know, kind of pre-launch, um, it's called, it's a product we now have called Project Launch, where we sit down with a, a ministry that's interested in, you know, opening a new facility. And so we have very, you know, direct conversation about, you know, what are your goals? And we start to, you know, start to look at what's the feasibility, like, if, if your but annual budget's you know, say $500,000, and you want to build a $5 million facility, how are you going to raise the funds? The same would be true if you had an owner that said, I want to build a $5 million medical clinic, but they don't have the, the, the finances to go get a loan because they, they can't cash flow servicing right. the debt. And so as, as, we, as we look at it from our different lenses, you know, we can then start to work through, um, you know, realistically, what could they afford and then start talking about program. And, and most, most of our ministries have never been through a design charrette. 
they've never worked with a design professional who talks right. about not just pretty pictures and, you know, the, the nuances of um, feng shui and, um, <laughs> but walk them through, you know, wh- who's going to be in this building, what mm. services you're going to provide, right. what is, how big does the pharmacy uh, or uh, at the, at the medical clinic in Kenya need to be? What kind of, you know, what kind of surgeries are going to do? Right. How many children are going to be in each classroom? So walking them through that design process and it's our job to keep the design team on point and keep the owners on point because they can get in this cycle of revisions for, for decades. But we we walk them through conceptual design and say, hey, let's get it 70, 80 percent of where we think you know we're going to land. And let's get you a baseline floor plan, a, you know, a site plan and some renderings so that then you can go to your funding sources, which is donors, um, and let's then put a dollar amount on it, but it not just be a pie in the sky number. Let's go get local contractors to give us conceptual pricing to validate. And then the big thing is, let's put a contingency on it. Um, you guys heard that when, when we were together, I kept telling you guys like, hey, when you're putting right. your project budget together, put a 10% contingency. The 10% contingency is to cover is CYA for the things that you may have missed because we all make mistakes. In the countries I work in, inflation and exchange rates are bonkers. So we have to we're planning for the things that we can't control. That's right. Hopefully the exchange rate works in our favor and our buying power goes up. And then also, you know, also building in a little fluff in there in case, you know, we 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 get into the building process and say, you know what, um, we picked out this type of fixture, we arranged the room this way, or we chose this type of tile, but you know what? We've got buyer's remorse. We should have done it a different way. Okay, we've got a backup plan. Let's fund it out of contingency, not exhaust it. And let's let's use that as opposed to going back and, and having to do another fundraise. So we get to the end of project launch. And for our partners, we're actually putting together um, their pitch deck for them. Um, we're, we're putting together, here's, here's the problem. They need healthcare in this area. Here's the solution. Here's... Here's this building and here's how it's going to solve it. The who, the organization, their story, why they're important and why they're um, strategically have been called by God to answer that that need. And here's how we're going to execute it by our partnership with Third Lens. Here's the cost. And it's not just a number. Here's a detailed budget that a sophisticated donor, an investor or a bank for all intents and purposes would look at and go, wow, you've counted the cost to build its tower. Right. Let's fill the coffers with the funds and resources necessary to execute that. And then once those are available to you, go execute and do it well. That's project launch. Yep. I love that, Brian, because it makes me think of the story. I can't, you know, I'm not going to be able to define it perfectly, but the story in the Bible where it talks about um, Jesus talking about being a good steward and thinking about planning when the guys, is someone going to build something and then halfway get there and realize they're not going to have enough materials. And strategically, this is what Project Launch is. It's, I'm looking at it right now. It's talking about how, for me, I see strategic plan phase, a project launch phase, a design phase, a construction phase, and then finally an occupancy phase. And that's what Third Lens is about, is trying to take you through the entire project and being that that program manager that's willing to have the capabilities to do that. Thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast today. We cannot tell you how thankful we are for every single one of our listeners. And we genuinely want to know and learn about you a little bit more. So if you're interested, uh, maybe sending us a question or just saying, hey, or wanted to talk to us a little bit, please reach out to us at contact 
at laying-foundations.com. If you need, if you didn't hear that, didn't understand it, you can go in our show notes and just click on the link and write us an email, please. We would absolutely love to hear from you. Seriously, me and Davis get excited every single time we get an email from one of our listeners. It, it, it genuinely makes our day. But if you want to find out a little bit more about us uh, via social media, Davis is going to tell you a little bit how to do that. Yeah, thanks, Walker. Guys, like Walker said, reach out to us any way you can. We appreciate feedback, whether you like it or not. You know, it helps us grow in any way. We're welcome. We're, we're here to listen. And whenever you guys tell us, we're going to try to implement that into our strategy. But how to get in contact with us on social media. We have a LinkedIn account called the Lang Foundations Podcast. We have uh, Walker, Walker Lots LinkedIn profile. We have Davis Hambrick LinkedIn profile. We have a TikTok page called Lang.Foundations. We have an Instagram page, Lang Foundations. And then, you know, that's where we're at. These are all down in the in the show notes. But, guys, we just want to put this out there. And however you want to get in contact with us, we're, we're, we're imploring you, please, just reach out to us. We'll respond. We'll get back to you. And we want to hear from you. That, that You're the reason, one of the reasons why we're doing this. We want to hear from you. We want to hear feedback. How can we grow and how can we get better? Because like we said before, um, receiving accountability and receiving feedback is one of our core values. And that defines Walker and I at our core. We want to hear your feedback. And we want to be, be held accountable.